Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. Welcome back, team, to another episode (laughs) of... The One Guy Show. Here we are with myself, Ryan Smith, and the main man living his best life in Bali, Mr. Haydon Rolf. How are we, Mr. Hayden? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's it's definitely a good life out here, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but as I've spoken to you about before, I haven't quite found the... Not that I haven't quite found, maybe, because I'm getting used to it working later and later and later, as in me starting work later. So for everyone that isn't aware... In Indonesia, well, Bali in particular, you're seven hours ahead of the UK. So obviously, you know, my working time is almost complete opposite to everyone else back in the UK. So I'm, I'm, I'm having to shift around a lot because I typically have like team calls and whatnot. Um, and I just haven't adapted yet to working till 12pm. 12pm? Yeah. 12 a.m. Well, um, yeah, and then like one. Well, yeah, finished finished a coaching call, didn't I, the other night at 2 a.m. Um, <laughs> I still don't know then, why like, you did I, it. <laughs> I was oh, like, mate, mate the don't worry about it. I was like, I'll just do the coaching call. It's fine. <laughs> like, it's like one in the morning. <laughs> and you know what he replied back to me, team? I chose this life. That was it. <laughs> nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> I chose this life. And I was like, you do you, hun. The weirdest thing is though is, and this goes down to like um, habits and whatnot. Is I, I'm still in the habit of feeling like feeling guilty if I don't get up at like six, seven o'clock. Like mm. that's still in my my, but I can't do it. Like I can't physically work till two o'clock in the morning and then mm. have to get up at yeah, like yeah, six yeah. o'clock. Like it's stupid. So what time uh, do you get up that, there now? That does about eight. Still yeah, I, I mean, that's still like something that's the most people in the UK's normal wake up time. Do you know what I mean? I used to think like back in the yeah. island, now I get, whoa, hit the microphone. I get up at like six, but I used to get up, I used to get up at five, like every single morning. With a baby, it's a bit different because, I mean, you get woken up a couple of times. So I'm like, you know what? I actually quite need that extra hour. Um, but you think like, even when you're up at six, like half the world's still asleep. Even when you go up at eight, there's still some people that are still asleep. Do you know what I mean? There's still literally some people that don't get up till like, midday and just live their lives like that and stay up till like two three in the morning yeah it's this is completely off topic of everything we're going to speak today but it irritates the hell out of me that you see all of these like uh mentors like business um people yeah gurus telling you that you know if you don't wake up at four o'clock and you don't start the day early like you're wasting x amount of hours and stuff but it's like i I can't remember whether it was you. Was it you that said like you're you're more productive in the evening than you are, or was it Alan? So, so someone recently told me that they're actually like their they call it like their magic their magic time is typically at like between seven and ten p.m. No, I and mean, it's like <laughs> my like mate when I used okay. to get up at five a.m. I would get so much done before nine. Like when I used to get up at five. I'd go for a walk, I'd go to the gym, I'd do my cardio, I'd read for half an hour and I'd do an hour of learning and I would have done a live and I would have 
um, completely time block my day and I would have journaled all before nine o'clock. Li- literally, yeah. you sm- and you get to nine o'clock and you're like, flipping heck, I've done loads and I'm just starting work. And it was the best and I'm trying to get back into it. So it kind of went, I think the kid's different. Like I start, like I eventually was getting up at seven because I was always like tired and now I've moved at six and I'm like easily getting up at six. This morning I was awake at five. I think I spoke to you at like five past five. I was awake and up and about at five because I just naturally woke up. The difference was I went to mm-hmm. bed at nine. So I think that's also a trick is the time you go to bed obviously will influence so, when so, you wake. Yeah. And like, but you've, I you're like me. Like I, I am far more productive in the morning. I get so much more done. Like I, it's when my creativity is at its best. Yeah. But like, that's not the case for everyone. No. And like to say to some people, you've got to get up at four o'clock. But if your creativity is like, at 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. or something like What's that, the- and you're still, yeah, and you're still trying to get up at four. Yeah. You are you're not making a good life for yourself. Well, they say that like they say that you're typically like one of two people, aren't you? You're like a morning person or an evening person, and it's like, well, like you've just got to find what works for you. There's no right or wrong. Like I know loads of people that stay up until like 11, 12, but then they get up at like eight, eight o'clock, for mm. example. I'm better off going to bed at nine. And like last night, I went to bed at nine, woke up at five. And it's like, that's how I used to do it. I used to go to bed by, I'd try and be asleep by half nine and I could easily get up five, no problem. But this morning I was literally up and about um, um, talking on my Instagram at like half five this morning. And you've got to understand that like things can shift. Like don't think that like, because people are, oh yeah, all successful people get up early and that's what people do. It's like, find what works for you because it's like exactly like Hayden said if you get up and your morning is just not productive you're you're absolutely slugging yourself through you get to like 1 2 p.m. and you're completely crashing it's like that's probably not right for you like why don't you just try and find the right times and 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 it can shift like i remember when i first had p and we were obviously like not going to bed till like half 10 11 because of how she was and it's like you had to kind of, you basically kind of went to bed around when her kind of like you could finally get her down basically so i was going to sleep at 11 and I remember I tried to get up at like six and I literally, obviously after being awake like four or five times in the night, I was literally like, oh my God. And I dragged myself through the day and I was like, yeah, that, this needs to change. And then I was just changed it to getting up like seven, half seven. And every morning I'd feel guilty because I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, they swore. I was like flipping air. I was like, you know, I'm getting up at like seven, half seven. Like Hayden's probably already been at work for like an hour and a half at least. And I'm like, oh, I'm so lazy. But then the thing is that it shifted because I then was just working until half eight, nine every evening. If that, so everything kind of shifted in relation to that. Was that an issue? No. Like I then would come down. I would still have an hour and a half downstairs with the girls to kind of chill. And it's like, as much as I sometimes would like feel guilty or feel that I was being lazy, it's like, I just had to shift what worked for me then. Whereas now I'm like, and I literally said yesterday, I was like, I think I'm going to start going to bed earlier and we're going to start taking her up earlier so that we can just get back into a bit more of a better, better like routine. Cause otherwise, you know, some mornings they would sleep in till like nine and I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. Like I, I need to be up and getting stuff done. So it's like, you've got to find what works for you and understand that also your life will change and, and don't feel lazy or don't feel like you're not hitting, you know, the status quo. It's like you, you just do what you find is the most productive, best way for your, your lifestyle at that moment in time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And that, that's what I'm like realizing now is that I, I can't, I can't be like I was back in the UK no. for the time being. It's that's fine. It just doesn't. No, doesn't that's work it. It's like you get up. And the thing is, is, is you know as well, because you know when you get up at like, whenever you get up like eight, half eight, 
and you're probably in your head like, oh man, I could have done like like a few hours work already and stuff. I got so much done and you're like, oh, I'm such a loser. And it is, it's literally how we think. And I think that, and I'm literally like, but it doesn't matter. Like as long as you get the stuff done and as long as you're doing what you need to do and you're still, you know, sleeping and recovering, like sleep's so important. As much as people say to you, like, you know, oh, you know, sleep, like just have six hours sleep and then get up and get on with it kind of thing. Like at the end of the day, some people need more than six hours sleep. If you don't and you're flagging, then it's completely not conducive to you going to the gym, your productivity at work, you being like aware with your family rather than only like half being present. It's like, it's actually important to kind of listen to yourself and listen to what you feel is, is valuable in regards to your kind of sleep and wake and things like that. Mm. To be continued on another episode. Yeah, I know, man. We've literally spoken um, about eight, so not even spoken on the actual thing. So today's episode, <laughs> eight minutes in, we're actually talking about perfectionism today. Now, I delivered a presentation um, to our One Academy clients, and they absolutely loved it, and it was super resonative. Is that even a word? Resonative. It resonated, and it was resonative. I was say. Probably not, but you know what? We're going we're gonna to create dictionary words here as well. Um, they super resonated with it, and they said it was really, really helpful to kind of open their eyes in regards to areas in their life when they are trying to be perfectionists and their expectations don't actually line up with reality, which can cause huge amounts of friction. I know Hayden talks a lot about your expectations ma- um, making up your reality. And, you know, I remember listening up. Why is that funny? Uh, <laughs> that is, is keep, keep rolling with it. Keep rolling with doesn't, it. Have I gone wrong? You always used to talk about how your reality doesn't line up with your expectations. No, no, you're hundred percent right, and we're we're gonna talk about this. What? But like, before... now you made me feel stupid. I don't, I don't no, want to no, talk. No, now. Was... I'm gonna leave. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 like what you're saying is one hundred percent right. It's what made me laugh. Is so full transparency. Like we'll jump on a call and we'll talk about. We'll just recap what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And what we're going to talk about is the environment. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 That's why I was laughing. But let's let's keep rolling with it. All right, we're gonna talk about because we said perfectionism, and I was like, oh, let's talk about the environment. So you're sat there like yeah. he's totally forgotten what we're talking about. Well, we're gonna talk about perfectionism, and next week we're gonna talk about it setting yourself up for success <laughs> in your environment. So perfectionism is something that uh, that we are gonna talk about today, and um, <laughs> it's something that we we all struggle with in areas of our life, and you know, there's different types of perfectionism. There's different ways that we can go about it. And we're kind of give you a little brief insight into perfectionism about why it happens, what happens, and then also kind of about how you can manage it. And I think it's so critical in weight loss. Perfectionism stops you from starting. It causes procrastination and it ultimately stops you from finishing as well. Yeah, there's like 100%, like every single listener here can say that they have said to themselves, I will start on X date because X event is over. So typically like the one that everyone is, it's New Year's, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like, I will start yeah. on like January the 2nd, whenever the Monday is after New Year's Day, because I can then get that over the way. I've got Christmas out of the way. I've got nothing to look forward, like nothing in the future. Yeah. Um, so but yeah. the, there's, you've got to understand um, that there literally is no perfect time yeah. to ever start. And then this is it. Like someone literally said earlier, like I was speaking to, speaking to someone and about coaching and um, they were like, yeah, I'd love to book a call and talk more about like what you do at the One Academy and how you can help me. I've got PCOS and I know that you guys can really help with regards to that, understanding that, managing the symptoms, but also getting me in a great place with regards to weight loss and a healthy lifestyle. Anyway, 
I was like, yep, yeah, no problem. Here's a link to my calendar, book a call. Didn't book a call, so I reached out yesterday. I was like, hey, just for swing by. I noticed you didn't book a call. Is everything okay? Is this still something you want to do? If not, totally not a problem. Um, but I obviously have a list of people that I speak to, and I know that I've sent call booking links, so we can just keep an eye on um, how many clients we've kind of got coming in to make sure we can manage it with regards to how many coaches we got inside of the academy and how many people are crushing it. So anyway, I then obviously she then replied saying, yeah, oh, you know what? Thanks for kind of like jogging my memory a little bit here. I think now's maybe not the right time. Um, I'll maybe pop back in like a couple of weeks. Um, it's pretty crazy. And my reply ended up being like, completely understand, no problem. May I ask, how long have you been waiting for the right time for? And then we went on to have a conversation about how long that actually she'd been putting this off for years, literally years. She'd been waiting for the right time. It was family. It was job. It was illnesses. So many things kept cropping up. And this was the point that I was trying to make to her. I was like, the thing that's stopping you is perfectionism. There's never going to be this right time. What you actually got to do is just start and work it out as you go along because you're never going to have this perfect eight, 12 weeks. Also, for most of you listening to this, it's not going to take you eight, 12 weeks. When you sign up, one of the first things that we say to all of our clients is like, yes, we've signed up for a 12-week, 90-day course, but I can tell you now that most of you signing up to this, it is going to take you longer to get to your goals. 12 weeks is just a societal thing that everyone's placed upon how long it should take you to get your goals. We do it because it's an easy block in regards to three months, 12 weeks that we can then work through. Because obviously we work in weeks typically as coaches with check-ins and assessments and things. But ultimately it's like, no one can tell you how long it's going to take. So how can you ever know if you've got this perfect run at it, if you never know how long it's going to take you? Well, you don't. You don't know what's going to come up in two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. For the majority of it out there, it's probably going to take you at least six months. Now, the thing is, is that can you honestly say that you're going to have a complete breezy life for six months? No, no one has six months where life is good. Literally, things will get thrown at you as it literally comes. It's like I had 12 weeks to my holiday and I was like, cool, yeah, I'm going to trim up to holiday. And I totally forgot that I had a uni reunion. I'm then going away for my birthday this weekend. I'm then got a birthday meal out and stuff on Tuesday. I then am going away next weekend to see this event in Cardiff. And I've got another probably like two or three events. There's going to be other stuff that crops up. There's going to be other things that happen in this period. And it's like, I could have literally been like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe I can't just, I, I can't do what I wanted to do and, and lose a little bit of weight before my holiday because of life. I can't start. It's like, actually, I was like, you know what? I've just got to start and I've just got to do my best and work it out as you go. And this is where so many people just don't ever start. And that excuse just comes up of, oh, you know, it's now's not the right time. And I'm like, the right time doesn't exist. The moment you realize that is the moment that you will be successful. And almost, I would argue, and like I always say to people, is when you've got the amount of chaos that you have currently going on in your life that is stopping you from starting, it's actually the best time to start. Because yeah. if you can overcome that hurdle of where you're struggling the most, how freaking easy is it going to be when yeah. you don't have this? And how much but no easier? One it like that. Yeah. And how much easier is it going to be for you to navigate those hardships in your life whilst trying to lose weight when you have a coach in your corner? Because that's why everyone quits, because you lose motivation. You don't understand how to keep yourself going. You haven't got anyone to give you direction, to give you adjustments, to give you actually outlines of what to do in those, those tough situations. Maybe it's got a lot of socializing. Maybe you know, you're struggling with motivation. And it's, it's, it's actually a, it's a perfect time to start because you have that external support, that external knowledge, that external specialist of coaches like ourselves who can take you through it, hold your hand through the hardest of times. Because then when, if you know you can make progress when you've got the most crazy social life, you've got a stressful time at work, it's when usually you overconsume on calories and we're able to show you how you can navigate and still lose weight whilst leading a stressful life. 
then when your life isn't stressful and that perfect time arises, you can put your foot to the floor and you can accelerate no other. And you're actually going to be in a better space, better situation. And I I would say you're going to get better results at the end of it because you're going to seem like it's just so easy. And that's what so many of our clients say, don't they, Hayden? When they're like, this seems too easy. It seems like I should be doing more. And it's like, that's because we help you navigate the hard times that when the easy times come, you're like, this is too easy to be true. Like, what is this magic? And it's like, when you have a coach and you have that, that accountability, that support and that actual identification as to what you need on your journey when the time gets tough, it's like, it should be easy. It shouldn't be this overwhelming thing that you are doing. By the way, your, your yeah. microphone today uh, sounds fantastic. Does it? Mm, that's yeah. refreshing because it never, ever does. And also our uh, editor, big shout out to Andy here. Um, our editor, Andy, fantastic job the guy has done over the past few years. Um, he said, have you ever <laughs> have you got the message? I don't know if you guys have ever thought about upgrading your equipment. I was like, oh, for goodness sake, Andy. I was like, what are you trying to say? I'm like, what are you trying to say about our equipment? I was like, what are you saying about our microphones? Like, what's the problem? He was like, oh, you know, I think, you know, I'm not talking masses, you know, we, we could look at this, this brand or of microphone or this microphone. I was like, how are we talking? He's like, oh, you know, for the two of you to probably get set up another like 400 quid. And I was like, 400 pounds, you want to spend 400 pounds on microphones? I was like, you know, what, Andy, I think you're doing a good job with the editing. And I think our microphones are just okay at the moment. And I was like, we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll reintroduce that idea uh, a few months down the line. Um, and this is the thing. I'm like, no one's ever commented on the quality. And this is it. It's like, imagine if we were like, oh, you know what, Hayden, maybe we should just like not produce podcasts until we buy some, some new microphones and we'll the wait till like equipment. the microphones are perfect and, and everything's a bit perfect. And it's like, just get the information out there. You guys listen to it, hopefully enjoy it. Um, it doesn't matter how we sound. Some weeks Hayden's audio is awful. Some weeks Hayden's audio is decent. This, this week's a decent one. Um, but it doesn't matter. You still get the quality. So... When we're talking about perfectionism, it typically comes from two things. Um, one is internally. So like you have this belief about yourself that we have to show up and produce the best work, nothing left because that's just who you are. It's your identity, yeah? That you are someone that holds yourself to high levels of standards and that is who you are. The other is socially um, orientated, which is someone that is what is expected from others outside of you. Some of you can probably think that maybe your parents, they pushed you to achieve this at a sport or maybe teachers did, or maybe your friends see you as the person that's good at everything. And um, I know there was always kids that are meant to be good at everything. And then when they weren't, they just didn't want to do it because they were like, well, no, society expects me to be good at it. Why would I do anything else? If like society knows that I'm good at this one thing um, and you want to keep up appearances. So these are kind of the two types of perfectionism. If you hold yourself accountable and it's who you are and who you believe yourself to be, i.e. your identity from yourself, or it's a socially orientated identity of perfectionism, which is where it's what other people, family, friends, loved ones, they have this expectation of you, which you are then constantly chasing, constantly trying to keep up appearances and live up to their expectation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, nice. So the reason that this isn't good is because like we said earlier, uh, perfectionism also can be kind of put into two types of character ca- 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 categories, which is adaptive and maladaptive. Adaptive is where we're always trying to improve. We're optimistic to the work we are doing. And we just want to be the best version of ourselves, and we understand it's improving in learning. That's where we all want to be. We want to be adaptive. It's where we basically have this like growth mindset, isn't it? Where we're constantly like, look, I'm always want to improve. I always just want to be the best version of myself. I'm optimistic. I understand that, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to learn. Um, from those mistakes. But as long as I keep failing forward, I'm going to be in a good place. Whereas maladaptive is where we're just never satisfied with the outcome. We hold ourselves to such high standards, which can often be unattainable and mistakes are seen as this massive thing that's like, 
No. Like, I know so many people, I think, especially when growing up when you're kids, isn't it, that you can see that it's been instilled from parents. It's like some kids are like, they're just happy to be there. They're happy to get involved. If they do really well, great. If they don't, then they still see it as fun. They enjoy the process and they enjoy getting better from where they are. And there's other kids that literally like, they have to be the best. They will try to be the best. And if they don't be the best, they will kick off. They won't want to get involved and they'll just want to sit out on the sidelines because they feel like they've made themselves look stupid. And I feel like it's such an external pressure a lot of the time, especially when you're younger. And then I think as you're older, it gets a little bit more internally orientated as well. That, that, would you agree with that? Mm. Yeah. How would you typically get someone from one place to the other? So how would you try and overcome so, so- perfectionism? No, no. So say, for example, like you, you said there, were, there was two types, right? Mm-hmm. So how would you typically, and you said like you want to, was it adaptive you were saying? Yeah, so you've got adaptive where it's like we just kind of have this like open mindset. A bit, it's a bit like the mindset, isn't it? A bit like growth mindset where you understand yeah. that mistakes and learning are just part of it and that you just strive to always improve, be the best version of you and that, you know, accept what kind of happens on the way. Whereas maladaptive is obviously... yeah where we really kind of like strive ourselves to well this is just about it's not they're not two types of perfectionism sorry they're two types of like kind of like people if that if that way are if that makes sense um with regards to being adaptive or maladaptive i think i I would personally say that some of it is going to come from personalities it's going to be everything isn't it like personality traits it's going to come from external influences such as like we were saying about being socially orientated family friends these kind of things i think that's why it always falls into being maladaptive falls into either internally orientated or socially orientated it either comes from you where you've just set yourself these such high internal standards that you always must show up appearances as it were for yourself and that you just think that you should always do the best be the best and there is no you know second doesn't exist but there's also this thing from the outside now i think with regards to trying to change in those things it's first kind of i think trying to understand where where we do it in life. So it's first thing, like with everything, it's like bringing about the, the, the awareness. So it's firstly bringing about awareness is that, okay, cool. Where in our life do we find that we hold ourselves to such high standards? You know, a lot of it you'll see with, we're always waiting for the perfect time to start in weight loss. You know, we, we can't do it if there's not a perfect time. It might be relationships. You know, how many people do you know or friends or maybe even yourself listen to this? Have you had, like you always hear about people having so many partners because they're always waiting to find the right one and they they hold that to such high standards like their standards as to what they want and what they believe they deserve are so 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 high that they end up having such mm. a high churn rate of partners because no one ever fits the bill and it's ultimately what you've yeah. got to ask yourself is like is that actually correct like don't get me wrong you don't want to settle yeah you don't want to settle you want to have someone that kind of like is everything you want in a partner fulfills you but you also don't want to set these crazy expectations that no one's ever going to live up to because i think with everything it has to come compromise i think with everything in life relationships weight loss jobs parenting whatever it might be there's always got to be compromise and that first comes the understanding that nothing's gonna be perfect and that actually your expectations sometimes have to be lowered ever so slightly to compromise with the situation you want something to be absolutely perfect in weight loss well unfortunately it's not going to happen like that so what's the compromise? Well, the compromise is, is that I'm going to get started and I'm going to work it out as I go along. And the compromise is that I'm going to try and just be as ahead thinking and forward thinking and planning as I can so that when things do crop up, I have the best chance of being successful. And that's an adaptive way of thinking. I think a lot of it starts from kind of listing everything that you think in your life as to you know why things need to be perfect. You need to understand about why do you think this? Why do you believe this? 
Um, why should your relationships or your partner be up to this expectation? Why should weight loss be this perfect journey? Because what you'll find by listing this out is quite often you'll find that these reasons and beliefs that you're writing down are often skewed or actually they don't really hold much like validity. You know, oh, because I deserve that. Why do you deserve that? Because I'm a great, amazing person. But what happens if all of this person has eight out of 10 of the qualities that you want? Are you really going to kind of ditch them on the two? Or what happens if actually you've got eight weeks of dieting ahead of you and you're like, oh, you've got two social events and you're like, you know, it's my birthday and then I've got, you know, a christening or something. It's like, well, hold on. Like, why not just start? Because you've only got two social events. There could be a time when you're going to diet for eight weeks and you might have five social events. So you've kind of got Mm -hmm. to ultimately kind of be realistic with your expectations. Understand that actually a lot like weight loss as a whole, you're going to have to work a lot of stuff out on the way. And the more you kind of prepare and underst- and give yourself the, it's all about stacking votes. You've said, you talk about this a lot, don't you, Hayden? Mm-hmm. About stacking votes for you. And it's like, whenever it comes to weight loss, whenever it comes to anything, you can't have this perfectionist mindset because it's going to hold you back and it's going to ultimately cause procrastination. It's going to cause a lack of actual success because you're going to be slowed down by it. And what you've got to realize is that taking this kind of adaptive approach is that you've just got to constantly look at improving yourself. If you can improve 1% every day, that's great. Now, it's not going to be the perfect journey. You're not going to lose weight every week and you're not going to go without having your obstacles. But if you could prepare, if you can identify what your obstacles potentially are, how you currently don't deal with them very well, how you could deal with them very well, by having a plan and having some sort of outline, having a coach in your corner to help you identify these things, you are stacking your, the odds in your favor. If you go in with no real plan, no real idea as to what happens when you suddenly get hit with an obstacle, such as a social event, maybe work stress, and you got to work late at night, and it causes you to overconsume on calories, you end up getting drunk, eating pizza the next pizza next day, whatever. If you have no idea how to manage those kind of things, then you're going to fail because you're going to think that I haven't managed to succeed in the route that I wanted to take, therefore it's over. Whereas if you can put some things in place and plan with regards to like how you might better manage them, it doesn't matter if they come up. And also the chances of you actually managing to navigate them well and in your favor is going to increase because you've now got something in your favor to help work on those situations. Now, this is probably another thing is that it's not always going to be perfect even when you do write plans. And I think this is what you've got to understand is write down your expectations of weight loss, write down ultimately what you can control and then identify, right, I can control like this, this and this. Okay, cool. What can I do to make sure that when I control it, I have the best things in place possible to help me. You know, maybe I'm going out for dinner. Okay, cool. That's something in your control because you can make a relatively good nutritionally dense choice. What about if I'm going to a wedding and it's a three course meal? Okay, that's probably somewhat out of your control actually. So you can't really focus on the day because you're just going to get the three course meal. But what you do have control of is the days running up to it. You then can have control of what your calories are and your consumption is on the days running up to it. You do have control of what you're drinking. So you could swap from beer and wine to spirits and diet mixers. And I think that's probably where one is to help with this adaptive and maladaptive kind of like thought processes, actually thinking about what's in your control and what's not in your control and how best you can manage the bits that are in your control and how you can kind of release um, release the non-controllable things so you don't get stressed over them. Yeah, this is actually something that I was talking to a client about today in a check-in was like even exactly like you said 90% of the time even if you plan like the plans aren't going to go 100% to plan like it probably won't happen but and from like a a pure weight loss standpoint like the example that I was using for her is because she was saying like you know 
I, I pre-plan all of my um, calories and stuff like that in my fitness pal. And then I'm just so easily persuaded to go out, go out for a social occasion. And then I typically end up going for a few drinks and I like, then I ruin it. And I was like, but even if you plan to, let's say, hit your deficit every single day and one day of the week, you don't hit your deficit. So assuming that she, let's just say to make the numbers easy, she was in a 3,500 deficit over the course of the whole week, even on that one day where things don't go to plan, and she goes over her calories by 2,000, like, which is a lot of calories. She goes over her daily calories by 2,000 that one day. Well, she's still in a 1,500 calorie deficit. She's still going to lose body fat. Like She's still going to be successful through weight loss. She's not going to see the success as she would, um, as fast as she would if she was obviously in the 3,500. But it's just a perfect example there of like, it wasn't perfect, but you know, you can still move in the right direction. Mm. And this is where you don't need to have this perfectionism. And it's like the, the, the best example is Christmas. Everyone says, I'm not going to die in December because of Christmas, New Year and New Year's Eve. And it's like, in reality, they're three days out of 31 days. Like, so you're telling me for the rest of, for, for 28 days, you can't be successful, like because of those three days. And it's like, no, of course you can. That's where you get caught in this perfectionism trap because you're trying to make sure that you have this clean streak of days where you've been consistent and you've been successful because in your own psychology, you can't see yourself being successful when you've had three days of drinking and eating. Of course you can. And if you think you can't, that's like, that's the issue that lies there. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of like society and what people push doesn't help doesn't help it eat like like either i think because of the way that we it's also the way that we see weight loss is is probably one of the most damaging things in regards to like everyone sees it as weight loss to be this negative thing you've got a cow all of this you can't socialize you can't eat your favorite foods and your life has got to revolve around health and fitness 24 7 that's why people see it as they like oh you know it's gonna be super bloody hard i don't need any life factors that are going to make this even harder and as soon as we see these other life factors that are going to make it hard it's like oh but you've got to think like this. It's like, imagine going on a journey. You only went when the weather was good and you live in the UK. It's like, you, you can't tell. Like you might be able to be fine one day and you could plan to go tomorrow. And it's like, oh, it's raining all day. So you're just not going to go. And it's like, you've got to realize that you can't let things happen because it can change in a moment and you've just got to do it. And ultimately understanding some of the myths, I think that's around dieting and how you have to be restrictive. You can't go out, you can't drink alcohol, you can't eat pizza, you can't do all these things. That, get, that, that ultimately you understand that that gives you and empowers you to understand that actually you don't need to wait for the perfect time because it's not as restrictive and life overruling as you think. Um, like your diet should fit in with your lifestyle, not your lifestyle fits in with your diet. And I think that's one of the crucial things as to why people don't start because they're like, oh, you know, I've got to overhaul everything. I need to wait for this perfect time because if I get stressed or if I have a social event or if it's my birthday or if I've got to take the kids away for the weekend, it's like all of that is just seen as like, I can't lose weight if I do that. And it's like, you can, you just at this moment in time don't understand why or how. And it's like, what you need to do is understand how you navigate social situations, how you can still drink alcohol, how you can still do all of these things. And then you can still be successful. And then ultimately you'll look back and you'll think, what an idiot for not starting sooner. I've literally been putting it off for like years and years and years. And I'm no closer um, to my goal because I've been waiting for this perfect time. And every time I start, something comes up. 
but also I think it stops you from being successful long term because you go into your dieting thing wanting it to be this perfect this perfect journey. So not only when something crops up that is a hurdle per se in the perfect journey that you're talking about, you then have quite an easy out because you're like, oh, there you go. It wasn't the perfect journey. Uh, I quit. You're giving yourself an easy out, which means ultimately as soon as the going gets tough, which you're going to have times when you're hungry, you're going to have times you need to go out during your dieting thing. You're just going to quit because you've already given yourself that internal permission that, oh, you know, if it does get hard, I know that I need a perfect time. So it maybe is just a sign that now is not the right time. Mm. Does that make sense? I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like you said, I, I, another huge thing to it is w- once you've, because of everyone's um, like misconception around dieting and again, it being this perfect journey, and like everyone's expectations are so skewed when they go into a dieting phase. Like yeah. they think once they've started this diet, like this is it, this is the transformation that they're going to get. And there's going to be no hurdles and everything's going to be this smooth journey. Mm. And they're going to lose two pounds every single week for the next 90 days. Like one, I, I think they're quite closely interlinked, aren't they? Yeah. Is if you can manage your expectations from the off and you can accept from day one, that you are going to mess up. You are going to have struggles. You are going to come across stresses in life that are completely um, nothing to do with dieting, like social life, family life, like work stresses, like all of these things. Like as soon as you can accept that and you understand that this, this journey isn't going to be perfect, you drop your expectations. And I think you then go into this yeah. journey in a much better place. Yeah, yeah. It's like anything, man. It's like, imagine with, uh, with anything in life. Imagine if you have a, you're going to an event and it's meant to be the best event of the year and it turns out to be 75% of the event that you thought it was going to be. You then feel like you've wasted time. You probably want to go home early and you're then not going to talk about it that much because you're like, I didn't meet my expectations and I felt let down by it. That's how weight loss is. But what you've got to realize is weight loss is just put on this pedestal. And then, yeah, like Hayden said, the moment you can just take it off this pedestal and understand it is what it is, it's fine. You're learning. This is the thing is you are like losing weight is a learning process. Think about whenever you've learned anything. Okay. Imagine if you waited for the perfect pencil, the perfect class, the perfect paper to write on, you'd still be scribbling like a three-year-old. Like you'd never have learned to write properly. Imagine if you waited to walk until you were on the perfect grass with the perfect teacher and the perfect trainers as a baby or whatever. It's like you never have learned to walk. It's like the environment and everything around is never going to be the perfect time. No one jumped on a bike. No one jumps on, you know, no one literally went from crawling to jumping up and running around. It's like, you've got to understand that like there, there is no such thing as perfect timing. Everything in life that we do, we just got to stop. We just got to get going. And that ultimately is how you will be um, the winner, ultimately. Um, mm-hmm. No, I need to do that, but I can do that now. Um, so yeah, that is the kind of outline of today's episode is that basically cut the perfectionism, manage your expectations on what perfectionism is, and ultimately understand that the way you get over it is by just starting getting going and then working it out along the way. I thought you were going to go hard on the listeners there by saying, right, so what you can do is cut the BS. Like, <laughs> get, get. But part of it I is, you know, if you, you want gonna... some tough love, you do. Cut the bullshit you're telling yourself. Literally, stop telling yourself yeah. that you're waiting for the perfect journey. Stop telling yourself that you've got to 
wait until it's this ideal time to start. Just get started because all you're doing is giving yourself excuses. You're procrastinating. You're just wasting time. I spoke to three people recently in my inbox who reached out about asking for help two years ago. And they reached out now and they're like, hey, Ryan, I was just wondering, I think I might need some um, help with regards to coaching. And I'm like, hey, okay, cool. Let, let me ask some questions. How, how's everything been going since we last spoke? And they're like, yeah, I haven't lost any weight. And it kills me because I'm like, oh, how comes? And that one woman that was like, oh, you know, maybe it's not the right time. And I'm like, you've been speaking to me and asked me questions since 2020 and you haven't lost any weight in two years because you've still been waiting for the last time. And it's like, you've just got to get started and you've just got to work it out as you go on. And don't stop when something goes wrong because that's, that's also yeah. a failure. So apart from that, I don't know if that's, that's my final thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I think it was a good, good place to wrap up. Like it's, it's just one of those things where if anyone tells you, any coach, whatever it is, tells you that this is going to be a smooth, perfect journey, it's going to be a nice linear drop to your goals. Like you are massively mistaken. You're so, massively missold. You know, yeah, have like, have a think now, if you are currently falling into the trap of being like, oh, I just keep waiting for the perfect time. Like understand that that perfect time will never happen. And mm. even if you think that perfect time is going to happen, something will pop up and try and pull you off course. Yeah. But it's how you respond from there, which will dictate your results long-term. If you let them affect you and be like, oh, but maybe it wasn't the best time to ever start. Like maybe I should have just started like another four weeks later. Like yeah. you've got to understand you are always forever going to be waiting for four weeks later. So if you need any help with that, you know where to hit us up. You can hit us up on Ryan's Instagram at ryansmith1. Or you can email us at info at the online nutritional education. We should change that. We should totally change that because it's an absolute mouthful. We should change it just to Ryan Smith one. That's it. That's why make it easy for people. Yeah. Yeah. To to info at the one. Sorry. We should just make it easy. We'll have a think about that. Anyway. Yeah. Right. Let's wrap this. That's uh, all. Wrap wrap this party party up. up And see you in the next episode, team. Yeah, take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye for now. See ya.